This is Geek Gab with your hosts, John, Brian, and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. That's right, Geek Gab, for Saturday, July 9th, 2016. This is episode number 66 zero, if you can believe it. And right now, our host, John, our co-host, John, is not with us on the air. We have it on good authority that he is, in point of fact, going to be here in mere moments. He is out punching bears in the face for Pepsi. And so he should be joining us any minute now. Brian, how was your week? Well, let me just say that I I am relieved and glad to finally be able to have the object of my burning longing because uh, waiting two weeks for Geek Gab is just too long. You are not relieved and and glad that you didn't have to punch bears for your morning victuals? Oh, that too. Yeah, because frankly, I am relieved and glad every day I wake up that I don't have to punch bears to eat basic food, to get food to eat, you know? I mean, that's why this is the best time to be alive. A hundred years ago, a different story. So, um, I want to say this. At the the start of the show, this show is a politics-free zone, and we we keep to that pretty strictly, but I do want to say this. Some very tragic events have happened this week in a great many cities across the country, and um, on behalf of me and all of the uh, other hosts here at Geek Gab, we want to express our deepest condolences and empathies for the families of all of the slain and all of those who are still hurt or in the hospital. We hope, uh, we hope all of you are well and get well soon. Um, it has been a very difficult week. It's been a very ugly week. It's been a very sad week, and we hope it does not continue. So uh, best wishes from Geek Gab. Anything to add to that, Brian? Well, that was uh, that was quite eloquent, and uh, the only Razor Fist is allowed to discuss politics on the show, so I'll just leave it at that uh, touching memorial. Um, so you know, I'm depressed. I mean, I'm really sad. It, it it really does. It's been a difficult week for me to deal with uh, because that's part of my my other set of duties on Twitter and on Facebook is dealing with this stuff. That's why I do all fun stuff on geek gab and so now i have to talk about it said now i have to get out of the sad move and and talk to talk about things that are either funny or things that just make me mad is that something is that a good transition to doing the rest of the show talking about something that makes me mad will that get me out of the sort of the sad trough <laughs> talking about how you're not a sociopath it couldn't hurt um so things that make me angry um or, or if not actually angry at least monumentally irritated Monumentally irritated. So someone did a naughty last night, did a very, very naughty last night. They broke the embargo on the Ghostbusters reviews. Mm. The new Ghostbusters, the all-feminist Ghostbusters. Um, the, uh, I, I, this is very impolitic of me to say which would be fine on Twitter. I'm not so sure we're that in politic on the show typically. But there is a an audience for this show, or for, for the Ghostbusters show. 
the new Ghostbusters show. And generally speaking, from this review, the audience for the new Ghostbusters is not men. Every single man in the entire movie is either stupid, and, and I'm quoting here, let, let me back up for a second. What happened is this. They give out a bunch of free tickets for uh, prominent reviewers in the news media. It used to be just television reviewers and newspaper reviewers, and recently they've begun adding major YouTubers, which does not include us. Um, and so one of them who got reviewed drove an hour to Los Angeles, spent two hours of his life, watching the movie, got out, made a 15-minute rant that he uploaded to YouTube, and then has spent an hour of his life driving home. So there's four hours and 15 minutes of his life that he will never, ever get back. But it is a sacrifice well made, I think, because it gives us the benefit of his pain. We can witness his pain and maybe even avoid suffering the same fate. Now to my Twitter feed today, someone posted a summation of this review of the new Ghostbusters. And of course, I went and watched it because, well, people, other people slow down at car wrecks. I slow down at the pop culture equivalent of car wrecks. <laughs> so I watched his review. And now I'm reading through, again, the summation, and it's an adequate summation of the review. So the points I'm about to elucidate come from this summation of this YouTube review. By the way, there is an embargo on reviews, and he broke it. I don't know what consequences will come down on his head, but I, I'm glad he did, because this movie is, is, is garbage from what he says. And it doesn't surprise me. I've been predicting that ever since I heard about it. But it is the uh, his impressions of the movie have fully fulfilled every single prediction I made. It is a movie that is profoundly unfunny. The action parts aren't actiony or exciting. It is very much a take that movie that is supposed to be all about empowering women. And this is, by turns, the most heartbreaking thing about the review. And the funniest thing about the review is he really wanted to like it. This reviewer is sincerely interested in ensuring that women have a better chance at getting headliner roles in Hollywood. He desperately wants women 
to be getting headliner roles in Hollywood. And so desperately wanted this to be a good movie. And you can see the anguish on his face at the fact that they screwed the pooch so hard in making this movie. Absolutely garbage, a disaster on every level. It is man bashing the movie. Every single male in the movie is either stupid or an asshole. The main villain is an anti-social creepy nerd. So, and the climactic scene, and this is a spoiler and I don't care. If you're upset by this, tough luck. The main monster is kind of a mashup of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and the Ghostbusters logo. You know, the ghost with the sort of uh, ice cream hairdo, the sort of Daisy, or the sort of Dairy Queen ice cream hairdo. That is marching down the streets of New York, and to stop it, they shoot it in the groin. Um, their leads don't work. They're, they have terrible chemistry. The special effects are terrible. <clears throat> the Leslie Jones character is a stereotypical black woman with attitude. It's internally inconsistent. Chris Hemsworth, at least, is the one bright spot in the movie. According to this reviewer, he has some really funny lines. Other than that, the movie is garbage, and he would never, ever, ever watch it again. So, I will, of course, include a link to this review in the uh, description at the bottom of the page in the liner notes here. So you can go and see it for yourself. See it for yourself and decide not to see the movie for yourself. I'm not encouraging you to see the movie for yourself. I'm encouraging you to see the review for yourself so you can witness the pain and be forewarned against the movie. So that is not a review of the movie. That is my relating to you another's review of the movie. Now, this was a point of controversy with some people on Twitter and YouTube. In order to do reviews here at GeekGab, because we don't get free tickets, we have to pay money to go see the movies. Awesome. I myself am going to go see the Ghostbusters movie in the theater. Because that's, I have to, it's in the job description. I'm required to now, kind of by contract. So I'm going to go see it. And I'm absolutely sure it will be one of those painful things I've done all year. But I will see it and give you a first-hand uh, description of the movie just in case you think I am cheating you, the audience. However, you don't have to go because you are not contractually required to subject yourself 
to this level of pain and humiliation. Um, I just I, so uh, that's it. That's his review that I have related to you. Any any questions, guys? Well, thanks for jumping on that grenade <laughs> or saying you're going to. Hey, here's a question because I, I have to ask this because I'm a curmudgeon. So knowing that the movie is garbage, do you think that will have any effect at all on its opening weekend box office? Do you think people will stay away from it? I think most people realized it was garbage a long time ago and have been fleeing it. I think it's going to open to the disastrous opening. Uh, not as disastrous as the last weekend for uh, poor old Hermione Granger's movie, though. Hmm. Um, she had an opening weekend of 21 pounds. Whoa. Uh, seven no, people, zeros. <laughs> no zeros after that? No zeros. Seven people uh. bought tickets to see her, movie, her new movie. So I'm predicting, I'm comfortably predicting, it will beat... Uh, what's her real name, by the way? Can somebody give me that? Emma Watson. Emma Watson. I'm comfortably predicting it will beat Emma Watson's recent opening of 21 pounds, but how far above that 21 pounds, I'm not sure. See, I... Yeah, by the way, welcome to it all, and, and, and good call. Good Hi. Day. Uh, did you, in point of fact, were you able to beat up the bear to acquire your Pepsi? I was able to get... No, you know what? Actually, I need another Pepsi. I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm off to wrestle more bears. See, if we were allowed to play music here, and we had a vast music library upon which to, uh, upon which to draw, I would start playing that uh, song from the 90s. All I wanted was a Pepsi, just one <laughs> Pepsi, yada, yada. Yeah. Oh. That would be my entrance music. Yes, it would. We would have, like, an entrance music like they do on the WWF, man, or WWE. Hmm. That tells you how old I am, folks. I think the <laughs> WWE is called the WWF. That's exactly how old I am. It is. It is. <laughs> the WWF has always been about suplexing pandas. <laughs> All right. Um... I had a couple of small bits of news. The big, the headliner of this week, of course, is Brian's review of Independence Day Resurgence, which we didn't go see. Nope. And which apparently we can't put in the title of the show because we'll get a DMC takedown notice for reviewing the movie. So I have to put Independence Day Re-something because otherwise automatic bots trolling the depths of YouTube will ban our channel. Was, um, the, was that the technical difficulty from last week? That was not, in point of fact, the technical difficulty from last week. But oh. the technical difficulty from last week has been addressed, and it shouldn't happen again. Cool. It's, it, it's like they, they don't want the movie to succeed, because they don't want you know the free advertising we're about to give it. So I will um, factor that into my review. But uh, I do have a, a bit of news myself for this week. Um, some sad news, by the way. I, I was told this morning by my sister that I have to play Pokemon Go. And my reply to that was, no, actually, I really, really don't. So are either of you playing Pokemon Go that debuted this week? I, I don't even understand it. There are, there are grown uh, adults, men and women. Um, there's a guy I know, he's almost my father's age, and he's just been wandering around the park catching Pokemon. 
I don't know what to say about this phenomenon. I, I have I have something to say about this phenomenon because this explains a lot. Because last night, me and my buddies got done with gaming. We had a Friday Friday game night. It's like, hey, it's a nice night. You know, let's let's take a stroll around the neighborhood, and you know, just shoot the breeze. So we did. You know, we were walking the street last night, like 12:30 a.m. And there's this couple across the street from us, and they flag us down <laughs> and ask us if we're playing Pokemon Go. They're both glued to their phones <laughs> and uh, like shouting at us <laughs> in this residential neighborhood, possibly waking some poor people up. No, those people are also probably up still playing Pokemon Go. And they're like, hey, guys, play Pokemon Go. It's great. You got to play it. And I was like, oh. Okay, this has kind of become a John Carpenter movie now. <laughs> That's great. Actually, uh, I, I I read this um, I read this funny joke on Twitter. I think uh, referencing you know Michelle Obama, the first lady's uh, efforts to combat obesity by getting kids to get off their lazy asses and eat vegetables. Hmm. Well, uh, <laughs> noble cause, I know. Um, th- there's someone made the joke. Uh, Michelle Obama, it, t- it took her eight years to get kids to get outside and play. It took Nintendo 24 hours. Yes. Never bet against the big N. Ever. <laughs> to the extent that people are getting out and exercising, I think that's a good, ex- good thing. To the extent that the following thing, which really actually no shit happened, I'm not making this up. To the extent that the following anecdote happens, it could be considered a bad thing. I feel so bad for this poor girl. At the same time, it is kind of funny. She's going to catch a Pokemon in Pokemon Go. So she's wandering down to, I can't remember if it's you know behind a restaurant or in a park or at the seashore. It doesn't really matter. And she's looking through her phone to catch a Pokemon, and she looks, puts the phone down so she can see where she's supposed to go. And what she finds in real life, not in the app, is an actual dead body. No way. Hmm. She found a corpse. An ex-human being whose soul had fled their mortal coil. And captured by Brian's stupid spaceship. And mm-hmm. called the police, called 911, and stood there. Wanted to catch some stupid Pokemon, and instead found a corpse. I just... So I'm not blaming that on Pokemon Go, by the way. I, I am not blaming that on the game. To the extent people get out and get exercise, that's fine. To the extent that people are inadvertently discovering corpses around the country, my only my only hope is, really, this is my hope, that there wasn't a Pokemon there before, and that this poor bastard who was lying dead in the alley wasn't knifed so that somebody else could get the Pokemon. That's the, that's the only thing I really hope in this, uh, in this situation, that we haven't descended to that level of savagery, savagery yet. Um, I don't know. I think you could turn that around and use it for great marketing. I mean, what, what, how else do you get more young boys to get into Pokemon than say, use Pokemon Go, find dead bodies. You, you kids want to see a dead body? I still haven't seen that movie yet. I need to. I realize it's a, you know, kind of one of those landmark things, but I still haven't seen it. Um, 
We're discussing Stephen King's short story, The Body, which was later made into Stand By Me, starring dun, 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 Will Wheaton, uh, and some other good actors, too. Um, okay, news this week. Last bit of news, and this, we're going to do this one really, really, really quick, because I'm excited by it. We don't normally cover this, but I'm excited by it, so we're going to cover it. Red Dead Redemption, otherwise known as Grand Theft Horse, it's Grand Theft Auto in the Old West, has been certified finally backwards compatible. They actually released, a, accidentally released a backwards compatible version in January. Here's how you had to get it. They released it on the store, and it ran. It was perfectly fine. So one guy downloaded it, and it could run on his Xbox One. And then they took it off the store so nobody could download it. But everybody who knew this guy or knew this guy's handle could search for his handle on their Xbox One, go and look at the games he played. And if you owned Red Dead Redemption on the 360 as a downloadable title, then you could click on the games he played, and then you could download it onto your Xbox One console and play it. So it was literally a viral video game where if you knew someone who had played it, you could go to their history, and then you could download it, but you couldn't download it from the store. And then they did some funky stuff to turn that off after a month or two. But it's been finally certified. All the DLC is supported. But as of yesterday, which is when it went live, you couldn't buy the DLC either through the Xbox One or through the Xbox website. You could only buy it on the Xbox 360. But they made a bunch of the DLC that used to be four or five bucks free, and a bunch of the DLC that used to be two or three bucks has been reduced to one dollar. So for three bucks, you can buy all the DLC, and then everything else is free. If you have a 360 and want to buy it, <clears throat> it's on sale right now for eight bucks. It is a great game. I haven't finished it. I'm going to take this chance to play through it and try to finish it. Red Dead Redemption, it is Grand Theft Auto in the Old West. So if you like Grand Theft Auto 4, which is the generation of the game engine Red Dead Redemption is based off of, I suggest downloading it. It is available and live, and I had already downloaded it, so it's still sitting on my console. I just needed to wait for Microsoft to finally certify it and say, well, fine, you can play. So, last bit of news. John, how was your week? It's been a good week. Um, lots of lots of exciting things happened uh, in my D&D game, but that's about it. I've been staying away from the awful movie theaters. Good for you. Speaking of awful movie theaters, not, I don't actually know what the review is. Brian, I heard you saw a movie two weeks ago for the show that didn't go on because there were some technical difficulties. You heard rightly. And what movie was that? That was Independence Day. <laughs> was it Excuse better me. than getting punched in the face with a mailed glove? Marginally. Marginally. <laughs> if I had to choose between watching the movie and getting punched in the face by a male glove worn by a bear, I would definitely watch the movie. It depends on who's wearing the glove. 
Now, you technically speaking didn't pay to see the movie. Correct. Because I would very much like... He's a shell. ...to starve the beast. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, see that? That's as much faith in humanity as you. Because I just talked to way too many people who complain bitterly about the poor quality of movies. They're like, oh yeah, I'm going to go see it. Because they, they think they have to for some reason, or they have a significant other who's interested in seeing it. Well, I found a solution, which is I just buy a ticket for a different movie that isn't an insult to humanity, and then go into the movie that I'm contractually obligated to see. So uh, I did that with the previous film I saw before this that I've already forgotten, but I, I bought a ticket to the Angry Birds movie instead, and this time instead of Independence Day, I bought a ticket to Raiders, the movie documentary about the movie based on Raiders of the Lost Ark that a bunch of kids made in 1982. They made a shot-for-shot remake of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, a bunch of kids did in, like, their backyards and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and they actually, they didn't finish the last couple of shots, so they went back and finished it as adults, and then they made a documentary of the making of this kid's film, and that's what's in the theaters under the title Raiders. Yeah, and I, I really want to see that one now, but they have they have my money, Roland Emmerich does, and I'm perfectly fine with that. So if I do see Ghostbusters, it'll depend on if I can find something else deserving that's like a an indie movie or a smaller mid-list movie if they even make those anymore. I'm but, sorry. I'm going to interrupt you again. One last piece yeah. of news. Dan Wells, uh, a local author here, uh, his book, I Am Not a Serial Killer, is coming out in August, August 26th. It's a great book. I recommend you read it. If you like it, I recommend you read the other two books in the series. And uh, the movie stars Christopher Lloyd. So it's a... Uh, Small independent horror movie. They're horror books. I am not a serial killer by Dan Wells. Check him out. Sorry, last news. No, don't apologize for that. I had no idea that they were making a movie. That I love that book. Neither did I. That's the thing. All of a sudden, the the, the trailers up, and I'm like, I'm in this community. I know a ton of writers. Somebody should have said something. Dan, you gotta tell people, man. So wow. Well, good for him. He's a he's a great guy. So what, what was your verdict on Independence Day? Man, we are meandering. Are we meandering more than usual, or am I just noticing it more than usual? And uh, I don't care. Anyway, <laughs> you're, you're meandering his music to my ears. So it's, okay, it, Independence Day, short version, it's aggressively mediocre. Like they were working very hard to make it a mediocre movie? Exactly. They showed up to work every day, rolled up their sleeves, poured some black coffee, like we're going to make the most middle-of-the-road, derivative, internally inconsistent, flashy, popcorn-munching movie ever. Who needs substance? We're just going to throw spaghetti at the screen and see what sticks. It's going to be great. That does sound like Emmerich and Devlin, though. I mean, that's kind of their thing. Yeah, or the three other screenwriters, because this movie had five screenwriters, and guess what? It felt like a movie written by five screenwriters. <laughs> All of, none of which were talking to each other during the process of writing. Right. It basically feels like five different movies that an editor, God bless him, tried to stitch together the last minute in a coherent narrative, and he just can't. I mean, Hercules himself 
if ordered to do this, could, couldn't do that. So, yeah, it just doesn't hang together. However, this isn't going to be an entirely negative review because there are ways in which Independence Day <laughs> surpasses the original. And one of those ways is, oh, by the way, you know, it, it's been two weeks, so at this point, uh, you know, since Daddy we're big already, spoiler alerts for a movie that hasn't come out yet, I'm, there are going to be spoilers. There have to be. So if you really care about being surprised by the new Independence Day, uh, you might want to tune out for a minute. So, so before we dump it, dip into spoilers, if someone really liked the first Independence Day, are they going to like this one? If you really liked the first, are there is there anyone who meets that criterion? I mean, I suppose so. I know there are a lot of people who did. Wow, amazing. Of all the things, there are a lot of people who still like it. Because, I mean, go back and watch it again. I really don't think it holds up all that well. I think they, they are both aggressively mediocre films. So, so, yes, if you really like the first one, this one's more the same, but with the added bonus of they finally explain what the hell the aliens were doing here. They, they finally give them a concrete motivation, and it actually makes sense, and it actually makes the first one better. <laughs> That's a rare sequel that can manage that. <laughs> no, it does. They, and here's what they explain. You know why the alien ships... I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to spoil this. You know why the alien ships weren't releasing wave after wave of their fighters to scar the ground clean followed by ground troops to go house to house and kill all the humans, or even like, release a nanomachine gray goo plague, or just a plague. You know why instead they just hovered over major cities, specifically major monuments, and fired blue-green lasers into the ground? I await with bated breath. It's Yeah, it's because they weren't trying to wipe out what they were doing. Those ships are mining vessels. The lasers are drills. And all they were doing was clearing the ground for their like ground-penetrating radar so they could do geological surveys to find the best points in the Earth's crust to drill into the core. And the cities and the people were just collateral damage. That, that kind of does make sense. Yeah, and that's why they only attacked us when we tried to launch fighters at them. They didn't, like, they were just ignoring us. They didn't care. We were ants to them. Exactly, and um, having our core drained out would have removed the magnetic field and killed us all from you know exposure to cosmic rays anyhow. So, again, it's efficient. They don't need <laughs> to, to come out and uh, you know wage War of the Worlds-style combat on humanity. They just hunker down, they, they turtle behind their shields, drill into the core, suck out the nickel and iron, and Bob's your uncle. You know, it, It's elegant. So... This movie reveals that because there was one ship that landed in Africa. And something else cool is that um, it also reveals that the, the battle after Bill Pullman's epic speech at the end of the first one wasn't the end of the war. Because, yeah, we shot down a lot of their mother ships, but then there were plenty of alien survivors aboard those ships, so the aliens went to ground and waged, like, a guerrilla war against us for 10 more years before we finally wiped them out or put them in prison at Area 51. So there's this small African contingent ruled by a warlord people 
have been fighting the aliens like hand to hand almost for ten years. So they're like the the best at knowing the, the aliens' tactics and how the aliens think. And uh, their their leader, the warlord, is the best character in the movie. He's awesome. He dual wields machetes and has hash mark tattoos, like one for every alien he's killed. And it's like you, you know, you gotta get them in the back. You gotta get them from behind. You know, that's how you kill them. So just giving out you some pro tips like that. So he's a player character, is what you're saying? He is a player character. Now the other cool thing about it is there's another character who starts as an NPC but graduates to player character. He's actually got an arc, and he's this UN pencil pusher. He's he's Jeff Goldblum's minder. He's there to make sure that Jeff Goldblum turns in his receipts and you know is is diplomatic and and stuff and. Uh, He's all like Cyril on Archer, if you've ever seen that. You know, be spectacle, cold, uh, carries a briefcase everywhere. Total nerd. Well, he follows Jeff Goldblum to Africa to study the ship that landed and talk to this warlord. And, you know, the whole time he's basically playing Mother Hen and harshing everyone's buzz. There's being real killjoy. But over time, like, when it hits the fan and he starts to see that there's no more time for words and diplomacy... And it, it, it gets real. He decides to embark upon the way of the warrior. So he throws his briefcase away, turns to the warlord, he's like, alright, give me one of your katanas and t teach me everything you know about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, of course, the warlord blows him off. But the accountant doesn't give up. You know, he manages to get a hold of an alien rifle and learn how to use it, and by the end of the movie... He's manning the trenches. He's on the front lines and kind of pulls an Owen Pitt, you know, turns into a bit of a badass to the point where the African warlord acknowledges that uh, he has become a true warrior. And it was it was a cute little moment. It was gratifying. But do they have a stripper with moxie who knows how to drive a gigantic trash truck? That same character is in it. Vivica Fox has a cameo. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to spoil what happens there, but uh, like she's no longer a stripper. She has now gone to medical school and is like a, an ER surgeon or something, so she's done well for herself. And one of the main characters, a fighter pilot, is her son. So they tie it together like that. Um, we are a bit over time here, so any last thoughts? Oh, i got to wrap it up? Okay. This is my last thought on the new Independence Day which is President William Effing Fichtner saves the day. So, and this ties into Ghostbusters because we, we always got to have our, our little bit of, of Hollywood propaganda in our movies. You know, it's, it's required now. So at the beginning of the movie, the world is basically utopia thanks to the alien technology we scavenge. So we've rebuilt the world into like a one-world government where there hasn't been any war in 20 years, and, you know, people have jobs, and there, there's no poverty. So the President of the United States is basically a man-jawed female lawyer. And I'm, I'm not sure if it's a Clinton reference. I'm not sure when the movie begins shooting, but, yeah, we have a lady president who strikes tough poses and makes tough decisions and is universally admired by all, and then proceeds to make every possible mistake at every turn and starts an intergalactic war. Then she even gets 
the entire U.S. government, including herself, killed. So the succession passes to a general played by my man and yours, William Fichtner. You folks out there will remember him as the mob bank manager who tries to uh, attack the Joker with a shotgun in the Dark Knight. So he's he's the next in line. He is sworn in reluctantly and becomes the new president and then saves the world within an hour of taking office. <laughs> within, and, and not, like, not a real-world hour? No, within movie time, he saves the world in less than an hour. I love that guy. I, All right, um, any, last, uh, any last thoughts for this week, John? Uh, no, thanks for telling me about this aggressively mediocre movie. I, I, now I know, do not have to see it. <laughs> All right, th- folks, thanks for uh, tuning in to uh, Geek Gab. Uh, Saturday, July 9th, 2016, episode number 60. Um, if you haven't ever played Red Dead Redemption before and you have either an Xbox One or an Xbox 360, um, it might also be available on the PS3, I don't know. Uh, I would recommend buying it on the Xbox. It's uh, for sale right now for 8 bucks, so it's a... Uh, you know, and 3 bucks gets you all the rest of the DLC that isn't free, so it's, uh, it's a good deal. Um... And uh, if you later get an Xbox One, you can download it now and play it on the Xbox One. Uh, keep an eye out for Dan Wells' movie, I Am Not a Serial Killer, Absolutely. coming to streaming and theaters on August 26th. It's a low-budget horror movie, which works really, really well for the book, because you don't need a big budget to tell a story like this. The book is very good and very scary. I enjoyed it quite thoroughly. Um, and if you're playing Pokemon Go, be on the lookout Four bodies. Um, wait for the police to move them before you go and get that Pokemon. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We are signing off for this week, but don't worry. We will be back.